Boycotts, boycotts everywhere. Perhaps it's time to boycott the boycotts. This is the focus group. They're all business, except when they're not. It's the focus group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Tim Bennett. FocusGroupRadio.com is the URL for our website. You'll learn all about us there, including our partners, Deep Discount, which we will be uh, visiting with later in the broadcast. And you can also check out TFG Unbuttoned. That's our Tuesday podcast, three stories, about 22 minutes long. And if you subscribe on Spotify or YouTube or um, Apple, any of the podcast platforms, that will be a part of your feed already. And we, you know, we, we used to say, like right we still say like or do we say subscribe or, do, or what's the new thing now you have Tim? to follow subscribe follow. Means you, subscribe supposedly means you pay money okay <laughs> you subscribe to, i like, think a tim has like a note card like these are the what you can say this is what you can't say <laughs> i don't know if it matters well, you know it, it's crazy with uh it seems the only platform that uh seems to be going crazy is tiktok or as a lot of, of the politicians uh, people... call it TikTok. yeah um <laughs> No, it seems to be getting a lot of play, more so than uh, Facebook anymore, or certainly Twitter and, and Instagram. It seems TikTok's the new darling. I, I guess every three years we'll have a new darling or something. And you know, Tim, every couple of years we'll have a new bunch of companies that come come to the rescue of, of folks like us who say, hey, why don't you leverage TikTok and and send your uh, your viewership to the roof? And then you start drilling down and you're like, well, no, we're not really TikTok-y. You know, I'm sure I could do a dance video if I had to, but I, my impression of TikTok is, what, what, is there a time limit on TikTok? You know, yes and no. The people who go live, they could be on there for hours. Really? Um, you know, there, there's one woman um, who does makeup tutorial, and she's on there for, you know, three, four hours, and she lip syncs to 80s hits while she's doing it. <laughs> well, hey, she's got good taste in music, right? But so much so that she's now made enough, or she makes enough money, she gets enough views and likes and whatever, that uh, she may be able to quit her, her job in the evening. She, she works a night shift, and then she does makeup during the day. And, uh, but so much money coming in. Now, it's not going to last forever, as we all know, right? It's like the OnlyFans thing. Well, down. speaking of OnlyFans, and I should have sent you this article. So there's an article that came out in Slate or Vice, probably was Vice, and it was an interview with a woman who makes a ton of money on OnlyFans. Uh, she started, she had a full-time job. She started a gig where she would do alluring things. And then her husband got involved. And as a couple, they film, you know, their sex scenes and stuff. And they have an OnlyFans account. And apparently it's gone bonkers. And they make enough money where they, they both, this is their, right. their main source of income now. But the thing I found most interesting about her interview was she was really business savvy. And she said, we don't know the magic of why my husband and I, she said, you know, people tell us it's because we're connected. We really seem to be enjoying ourselves. You know, we're not performative. She had a whole list. She said, I can't tell you what that magic is. She said, but I will say this. There's a lot of people out here who think you can make a fortune by by recording yourself having sex. And she said, and the real truth of the matter is some people make 150 bucks a month, maybe 200. <laughs> right. And, and she's making thousands. But, you know, when you hear the real thing, which is you're not going to make a lot of money, it, it makes you wonder, right? Well, no, it's luck. You know, a yeah. lot of it is luck is who has found you or what has, because you're not, not everything you film is going to be wonderful or is going to be great. 
But that's why I marvel after this tutorial with this woman that does the makeup, because I thought there are a lot of people on there doing makeup. Um, but for some reason, she's very popular. And um, there's other trans people that are doing the same thing. Some are popular, some are not. But it's, it's the luck of the draw, right? There's, we always say within marketing, there's also a little bit of luck. And lightning and so in a how, bottle. Right. So how does, how does somebody who just started a podcast all of a sudden rise to the top? And you and I have done it for 15 years and stayed, you know, consistent. But um, the thing I think you have to do, and they all say this, is you have to be crazy. There has to be a little bit of crazy. We're not crazy, Tim. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, so that, that, that is, that's part of it, too. You have to do some sort, have some sort of thing. You know, there's that one kid, Reno Gold. I don't know if you've heard of Reno Gold, him. yeah. And, uh, you know, he tells stories of what it was like when he was a male dancer and, and uh, escort. And then he... Um, so there's a shock appeal? Well, there's that. And then he tells the stories. And then he hooks up with these, you know, various characters that are, are famous along the way. But his whole thing, too, is he said he had given a, um, I, I watched it on YouTube, he'd given a tutorial on how to make money. Mm -hmm. And um, as much as he's, he's kind of this flighty porn star, uh, he's very directed as to how you're going to make the money and knowing it's not going to last forever. Interesting. So, Tim, wasn't there a, there for, there was a, a period of time where there are some famous guys who did makeup as well. And they were even like, featured on the um cover like cover girl models and stuff like that and then there was a spat between a couple right. of them and and then that all vanished and i don't see that anymore well, or at maybe, least those characters maybe you get on tell people how to shave well put, 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 <laughs> that's put, what we had our fathers for right? put whipped cream, you know put cream on your face and shave yeah i don't uh, i don't understand the although i will say i've i've been drawn in by the woman with the makeup just because i think the 80s music is hilarious a and um and so that's our error and the lip syncing is good and bad but um, which is lip syncing so right? it's a train wreck you know and yeah. so you're, you tune in for the train wreck now you know who is is aunt barbara still doing her facebook live shows yeah so she does them uh mostly saturdays at 9 a.m or 9 a.m 9 p.m live and it's a static camera and uh you know she tells you what's going on for the week or whatever you saw in the news that Tupperware may, may go out of business. I no, I did not that. see that. Yeah. Really? Well, you know, they relied so much on these parties and people with the pandemic. And uh, <sighs> so they're, they're trying to figure out, can somebody come in and save them? And so, of course, a lot of people have been contacting her and asking her because she was the number, always in the, the top one five or top three salesperson with Tupperware. And uh, she said, well, she still has a site and she still sells. Uh, that has gone away. And that she's lost a lot of business because as she transitioned, people didn't necessarily, they wanted the drag queen, not the trans, uh, trans woman. And uh, she's also dedicating her career to human services. Mm -hmm. And so she has a, has a new career and she's doing that. But um, she says she hopes somebody resurrects the brand and keeps it going. Yeah, because I, I literally just rewatched a clip of Aunt Barbara when we were back in the studio days and she was demonstrating a lid lifter or a can opener. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stop. The back of my head hurt so much from laughing. I, I, whenever you're around Aunt Barbara, you smile and you laugh. She's great. Yeah. No, she's, she's, she's good. So uh, if you're just new to the program, uh, we talk for a little bit as we've been doing. We have a segment called Caught Our Eye, and that's articles that uh, Tim and I bring to each other's attention. Rarely, if ever, have they ever been the same. That's the magic of that segment. We visit with our partner, Deep Discount, recommend some films and TV shows for you folks. 
Take a quick break. Then we have the only show in the universe that does this business birthday. I think we have a very good one this week. Tim is in charge of that. And then we have a uh, shop talk. And we're going to be looking at the uh, the recent flare-up with Bud Light and boycotts in general. Um, you know, it's boycott crazy. So, <laughs> so without further ado, Mr. Bennett, what caught your eye? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. So coming to us from our friends in Canada and the Canadian Rockies and the this uh, is classic. This is classic. <laughs> province of Saskatchewan, the uh, the second largest city there, the capital is called Regina. And uh, so the group there decided they were trying to do a, uh, they're going to rebrand the city and do a tourism campaign. And uh, they, they had done a song earlier called Experience Regina, which um, was made fun of by a number of, of uh, late night talk show hosts. And I actually, I should post it to our Facebook page because it really is um, painful. Was it, was it uh, worthy of being made fun of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll post that. But so, they, they, so on top of the campaign, they've got this um, brandy campaign, which is show us your Regina. <laughs> Tim, when you sent this to me, Tim sends me some pictures to put graphics together. And he'll only say the headline of his segment or what he's talking about is, show us your regina i i just stared at this dumbfounded so tell us more about so there's it. postcards and there's t-shirts and so forth so this was a thirty thousand dollar tourism campaign to help boost uh boost um tourism to canada's uh, the capital of saskatchewan saskatchewan regina and the second largest city it's about 100 miles north of the u.s uh named after queen victoria that's where the uh, name came from is nicknamed the queen city but in order to help boost tourism they wanted to the tourism group Folks all got together, mostly men apparently, and I uh, thought it would be fun to mock the area's uh, name, Regina, with that of uh, Vagina. <laughs> so the two, the two uh, slogans they were using was one, show us your vagina, and there's t-shirts, and there's a whole campaign, print campaign, postcards, and another one that says, the city that rhymes with fun. <laughs> this, that second one right there, like... That sealed it for me. Like, wow. So this was released last Thursday. Of course, people went in an uproar. The campaign CEO apologized for the uproar it caused, and the tourism organization's website immediately stopped and scrapped all the merchandise being sold. I'm sorry we didn't get to buy anything. Um, he said, I want to apologize on behalf of myself and our team for the negative impact we created with the elements of our recent brand launch, Experience Regina, CEO Tim Reed said on Sunday. He admitted that they may have crossed the line and um, had poked Just a fun. tiny one, tiny right. one. <laughs> poking fun at themselves for the city's name, no pun intended, or I guess pun intended for poking. And of course, a number of women uh, chimed in, what about the children? Um, you know, or uh, another woman, Cheryl Stenunchuk, a uh, city resident, said she was incredibly disappointed and appalled by the campaign. One of the former tourism board members said that sexualizing the city was uh, not necessary. Um, we're objectifying women's bodies. Um, people went and took to social media and said, now you made us the laughing stock. And so they went on and on and on. And of course, they said to somebody, what about the children? What are we going to tell the children? But for the children. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so others said, you need to do better. This is pathetic. They'd like everybody fired. Uh, that were involved in this. Nobody has been fired, by the way. Mm. Um, that was going to be my next question, Tim, because 
do you not smell a very clever plan here, which is launch all... Do you think this was done just to raise the profile briefly? Well, it could have been. They said the agency that had done this um, said that they wiped all of the you know, suggestive language and the show us your vagina and experience vagina um, and rhymes with fun off their websites and social media channels, and they reverted back to the original name, the Queen City. And, uh, and then... That's that. They said that they uh, they had a third party consultant analyze what happened, <laughs> and uh, they said, "Gotta no. be kidding me! Why, why don't we be the th- third party? Can pay me." No one involved in the tourism arm during the rebranding lost their jobs or has been reprimanded, uh, including the CEO Tim Reed, who oversaw the entire process behind the controversy. I think it's more important for us to have a quality review done," he said. So we can learn from this and make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. Mm. So you're right. It could have, maybe it was the plan all along, but you know, for 30,000 bucks, for 30,000 bucks, I certainly got their, their ROI, but show us your vagina. And that's it. And so the, the, the pictures are, you know, there's beautiful landscape shots and big broad views of, cause it's a, you know, that's the Canadian Rockies. So, you know, show us your vagina and it's you know, big, big, you know, expanse. Yeah. I, I smell a clever, clever behind closed doors. Do not repeat this meeting, but hey, guys, we have an idea for you. Yeah. Uh, could, maybe it was presented as a, uh, a joke, and then suddenly everybody's like, hey, this is really funny. Show us your vagina. Ha, ha, ha. And hey, look, it got play, right? You, it, how, how much would the media be worth that, that, got, if, that all the write-ups got? Well, certainly you know more can... than 30K. I mean, all they yeah. spent for the campaign was $30,000. Now, now, whether or not that makes me want to go to uh, Regina, another matter entirely, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I've not been to, I've not been to the Canadian Rockies. You ever been up Neither there? Neither have I. No. I have friends who've gone skiing out in that direction, like Banff and all that, um, who love it, love it, love it. But I have not traveled there, and I should, because I look Canada as a cool country. Yeah, that being, maybe we should drive cross-country through Canada. <laughs> and go from Halifax to Vancouver. You can, yeah. And that would be quite the drive, wouldn't it? I mean, you'd, yeah. you'd be, there'd be a lot of empty spaces, right? And a lot of farmland, a lot of agriculture. Well, far more, considering Canada, I think, is either the largest or second largest country in landmass. Mm-hmm. And yeah. only has about the population in New York State. It's about 35 <laughs> million people. It's all spread out across mm-hmm. the top there. Yes, yeah. there's not a lot. Most of, it's, most of it hugs the U.S. coast, or the wow. U.S. border is where most of the population lives within 100 miles of the U.S. All right. Well, what caught my eye is uh, debris from space. And uh, I'll tell you why. So um, calling all meteorite hunters. So a Maine museum or a museum in Maine is offering $25,000 for anybody who can bring in a piece of a fireball that fell about a week ago and it crossed over the state. It was like a part of a meteor shower. And uh, they'll pay you money for it. So if you need some extra cash, the mu- a museum in Pine Tree State, or the Pine Tree State, has a mission for you. Uh, the Maine Mineral and Gem Museum. The Maine Mineral is offering a $25,000 reward to the first wow. person to, re- to retrieve at least one kilogram of a fireball that fell over the state on Saturday, April 8th. The museum, based in the town of Bethel, also says it will purchase any additional specimens found and that such space chunks could easily be worth their weight in gold. Can you imagine so the Yahoo's the, dragon in annual rock? <laughs> I was wondering how verification worked. You read my mind. So the apparent meteorite happened, fall happened around noon local time. It was bright enough to be visible during midday. 
a rarity for such an event, which are usually only observed at night. So enough of this map of this meteorite survived on the way down to have little chunks fall into the forest. Um, if you're interested, you can look up the town of uh, Bethel and look and, and Google um, meteorite bounty or anything like that, and you'll actually see a map that they've drawn up that shows the path of le of most probable debris field, and it goes for several miles towards Canada. In fact. Uh, radar captured multiple meteorites zipping towards the ground just a few thousand feet above sea level. Um, for those data points, NASA calculated an estimated so-called strewn field, wherein the cosmic debris likely landed. The largest bits of fallen space rock most likely came down in the vast expanse of forests between Waite, Maine, and Canoose <laughs> in New Brunswick, Canada. So they're very close. They share, they share a border. Um, Though larger meteorites, if they do exist, are likely to be found closer to weight, which was the uh, main side of this, the highest likelihood location for finding any of the space rocks is either on just over the Canadian border or, as they said, closer to weight. So uh, last year, 500 different fireball events, I like that fireball event for a meteorite uh, recorded in the U.S., they aren't inherently, they aren't rare, but they're not seen often because they happen over some like wilderness areas and things like that. But recovering actual pieces of these meteorites is hard to do. So to Tim's question, um, they don't say here, and I did a couple of cross-references, um, how they plan on verifying that the, the, the rock you're bringing in is in fact a meteorite, but there are certain minerals present and there are certain things about the rock that they would know it came through the atmosphere and came in as a meteorite. So 25,000 bucks if you're up in Maine and you find a piece of a meteorite that fell on April 8th. Wow. <laughs> Go hunting. <laughs> right. I don't know. Would you turn? I guess you would turn it in, right? Get 25K? It's either a rock on a table or it's 25K. Yeah. Of course you turn it in, Tim. You, 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 but then we'd be fighting to like, you know, this is a real meteorite. Don't try to tell me it's not. <laughs> Right. I've never heard of them paying for that, but that's I think that's pretty good. But I'm sure I wondered are. how the museum could afford that. Yeah. Must I be mean, quite the museum. Well, you know, the, the name alone says it doesn't necessarily say, you know, the Maine Mineral and Gem Museum. Come on down. Like I both rooms fully air conditioned. Yeah, exactly. So how they're getting money to pay for meteorites is anybody's question. Okay. Hey, as uh, many of you know, uh, if you've been long-time listeners to the show, Deep Discount is a partner of ours here on the Focus Group, and we would like to have you visit their site by going to oursfocusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Deep Discount logo. So this uh, week, we have a sale. This is the 100th uh, anniversary slash birthday of the Warner Brothers Studio Studios. This is the ultimate rabbit hole, in my opinion. The minute you go to the Warner Brothers sale, you are going to see stuff that you just have to have, and you're going to be like, wow, it's a Warner Brothers. Okay, so Mr. Bennett, what did you pick? So you're right. There were an awful lot of things to pick from, and then I, I, I stumbled across deep into, the, uh, deep into the library. I stumbled across Shortcuts, which was also, uh, it's got the Criterion, uh, criterion Collection. Um, seal of approval. Seal of approval to it as well. So it's a movie by um, by Robert Altman. It's a drama. It came out in 1993, and I just remember it being in the theater and being mesmerized by it. it stars Tim Robbins, Julianne Moore, Robert Downey Jr., Jack Lemmon, Jennifer Jason uh, Jason Lee, and a number of other posts. I, I believe Lily Tomlin's even in it. Mm -hmm. But it, it takes place in Los Angeles, and it it interweaves the stories of 22 characters as they struggle to find solace and meaning 
in uh, in Los Angeles. And what I was most, um, I guess, intrigued with or fascinated by within the story is how good a job they did in weaving these characters' lives together. together. Yeah, that didn't know one another, but how how their paths crossed. Somebody would be leaving a donut shop and pulling in in the conversations before after you would not know stuff like that so for me it was just the whole way the movie was was constructed and made so it's uh it's available during as john said the 100th anniversary sale at warner and uh you can get it uh on blu-ray for 25.66 or in regular dvd for under 20 dollars but um, so that's what and I And you should mention does. that it's directed by Bob Altman, who yep. a lot of us love Bob Altman films. I think that's why you like it so much. <laughs> yeah. He is a great director. <laughs> yep. So I went down the rabbit hole and I actually chose two. Uh, my first one is a quick one. If you are a fan of Christopher Reeves as Superman in the uh, Richard Donner film from the 70s, which was my Superman, meaning I saw it in 1978. It came out the year after Star Wars, and it was Marlon Brando as uh, Jarrell, uh, Superman's father, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. I mean, it had a fantastic cast. Margot Kidder as Lois Lane, and of course, Superman was played by uh, Christopher Reeve, and an amazing soundtrack by John Williams. So to me, this is Superman, the Christopher Reeve movie. Yeah. But that was one pick. The other one I picked, which I was deep into the sale page, is a movie uh, starring Glenn Close and Jeremy Irons called uh, Reversal of Fortune, and it's about the uh, Sonny Von Bulow case and Klaus Von Bulow, which is now so far in the rearview mirror, right, Tim? <laughs> that was like, this came out in 1980-something, um, maybe in a little later. Yeah, and um, it was about the case of Klaus Von Bulow supposedly uh, having a hand in the death of his wife, Sonny Von, socialite Sonny Von Bulow. Um, Alan Dirt, like there, there's a whole cast of characters in here. It's a really well done movie. There is a scene that Bob and I adore with Christine Baranski, who plays the new mistress to uh, Klaus von Bülow, played by Jeremy Irons. And uh, Alan Dershowitz, who I forget the actor who played him, um, comes to tell him that it's looking good and he might get off on this second case or on acquittal or something. And Christine Baranski goes, Oh, that's wonderful news. Uh, you'll get your bail money back, a million dollars. And and she he brushes her off, but she it's one of her early roles in film, which I really love. So reversal wasn't, of fortune. Wasn't he, wasn't he the, was this the diet doctor? Was that the whole no. deal? Oh, no. this is different. Okay. Yeah. You know, know that's why. funny that you bring up the diet doctor, though, uh, Tim. That's in a whole other big case, right? That's yeah. A, I was trying to remember what the because Sonny Van Bulow was this one, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so Reversal of Fortune is available on Blu-ray for sixteen ninety. I have not found it streaming anywhere, and it's a really well-made film. It's enjoyable, and uh, there's like a voiceover that Glenn Close does because you know it's like flashbacks and stuff where she's basically in a, a coma during the uh, during a lot of this. And we do have a new release this week, and this film took everybody by storm. Um, this is called Cocaine Bear. Oh yes. <laughs> Inspired by the 1985 true story of a drug runner's plane crash, missing cocaine, and the black bear that ate it, this wild, dark comedy finds an oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converging in a Georgia forest where a 500-pound apex predator, a.k.a. the bear, has ingested a staggering amount of cocaine and gone on a coke-fueled rampage and more for more blow and blood. Um... I read a lot about this, and I think it was, who is the director here? 
Elizabeth Banks, the director and writer, uh, she did write the film as well. Um, as she said in some interview, if you want to, if you want a movie to move and get people to the box office, just call it Cocaine Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and you're off and running, right? Yeah, I and people I know that saw it loved it. Yeah. Um or really liked it. And uh so you you'd not seen it yet, I mean. No, and this is one that I based on that comment she made like, "Hey, you know, you want to want to make a story compelling, call it the cocaine bear." <laughs> I, I got to see it. There was something I saw where somebody in the paper had uh, another animal had found cocaine. I guess it was a, a mountain lion or something, but they said it didn't turn out as well as as, as exciting bear. as the cocaine bear. Yeah. So <laughs> So, hey, head over to uh, um, Deep Discount. As John noted, it is the 100th anniversary of the uh, Warner Brothers Studios. And there are many, many, many um, great picks uh, there for you to check out. You can get there by going to focusgroupradio.com and click on the Deep Discount logo so you can start uh, shopping away and own your passion. I picked Shortcuts this week, a uh, movie by Robert Altman, uh, directed by Robert Altman. John had picked two. He had picked the original Superman with Christopher Reeve, which, as far as he's concerned, is the only Superman. Correct. And uh, then a favorite movie of his and Bob, Reversal of Fortune. And the new release this week is Cocaine Bear, which uh, we all need to go see. So again, uh, be sure to check out Deep Discount and get there through our website, focusgroupradio.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got uh, a business birthday for you and some shop talk. We're going to talk about the Bud Light controversy. Uh, that's been taking the country by storm. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now back to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. Welcome back to the Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is our website, and you'll find out all about us, our partner, Deep Discount. We had a little visit with a moment ago, and of course, you'll learn about TFG Unbuttoned, our Tuesday podcast. So without further ado, uh, we are the only show in the universe that does this, our business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Born today, April 19th. In 1877 is Ole Evenrude, uh, originally born in Norway, but grew up in Cambridge, Wisconsin, by a lake and a farm, and uh, became an American entrepreneur known for the invention of the first outboard motor with practical commercial application. So uh, as I said, he was uh, born in Norway. The family emigrated to the U.S. in 1881. At the age of 16, he went and worked in Madison, Wisconsin, for a machinery shop. And uh, he became a machinist apprentice and did lots of work within a machine, tool, machine tool trade in Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, and Chicago. In 1900, he co-founded the custom engine firm Clemick and Evinrude, and he invented the first practical and reliable outboard motor. So if you're a, an enthusiast, particularly with boats or other, um, you know, other sort of uh, very simple, good, well-built engines, uh, you certainly know the name Evinrude. It was built of steel and brass and had a crank on the flywheel to start the two-cycle engine. He also built the first gasoline-powered outboard motor uh, two years later and uh, by his company, Evan Rood Motor Company, founded in Milwaukee. It was, uh, at the time and still is, one of the simplest type of engines produced. It was a two-stroke internal combustion engine 
that was powered by a mixture of gasoline and oil. Uh, interesting, he said his invention was inspired by him rowing a boat out on uh, Lake Okechee in Wisconsin. Uh, outside Milwaukee, it was a hot day. He wanted to get ice cream with his girlfriend. It took too long. So, uh, <laughs> See, Tim, a problem that needed a solution. Right. His girlfriend, Bess, who ended up being his wife. Um, by 1912, his firm had employed 300 workers, including Arthur Davidson. You might recognize the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of Arthur Davidson and uh, of motorcycle fame. And uh, so he used to tinker in a shop and uh, ended up starting Harley Davidson Motorcycles uh, in Milwaukee. And it is told that Ole helped Harley Davidson perfect the first carburetor for the motorcycle. Um, he had ended up selling his company in 1913 when his wife got sick and he wanted to have the money uh, from the sale and to take care of her. And um, she had eventually um, died shortly after a very young age, 40, uh, 48 years old. He died the following year at 57 years old. They're both buried wow. in Wisconsin. The company was left to his sons to run. And to this day, the company is called Evan Root Outboard Motors. And it's owned by Bombardier Recreational Products, which did Ski-Doo or Sea-Doo, some of those products. But, um, yep, so only Evan Root, the... Uh, the inventor of the did they tell you what he passed away from tim he um did not but he i want to say there were complications from something but i don't want to make it up so i don't have it here no they were both young though the husband and the wife right yeah yeah she um and it did not say this just said they were he said uh, his wife Bess died in 1933 of 48 and he died the following year at 57 and they said that he had sold his business. Um, she had become ill. And so he initially sold his business. To, to, to use the money to take to care use of the money her. And then to have the time to be able to take care of her. But um, beyond that, it didn't say. It didn't say well, what he died of. That, uh, that outboard motor, think about that. That's ubiquitous. or was yeah. ubiquitous everywhere. You saw like a little boat that needed that on the back. And the fact you could pick it up and take it off. and <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Good business cool. birthday. Um, especially since his name is the product, right? All right, Evan Root. And he actually made up the name. Um, it was a combination of his original name um, was, we would probably say Anderson, but it was Ole and Andreas son Aslondii. A- In other words, a- he was right. A- Norwegian. A- S-L-U-N-D-E-I-E. I wouldn't even know how to bring it I, think, I think he did a good job shortening that up. <laughs> so he took his mother, he took part of his mother's name, and they said he created this uh, name Evan Rood. Um, so, yeah. So oh, there you a, go. Good birthday. birthday. All right. Um, as Tim said, uh, we have a uh, shop talk coming up, and um, it's about the the recent spate of boycotts, and namely the boycott against Bud Light, uh, because, oh my God, they actually used a, uh, a trans influencer named uh, Dylan Mulvaney to talk about Bud Light. Um, and as a result of this, in this weird accelerated life that we seem to live right now, within five days, five to seven days, you had washed up star Kid Rock shooting up cans of beer with a some kind of assault rifle, basically sending a message to, I don't know who, that he's pissed off about Dylan Mulvaney having his own little custom can made just for him. And then he talked on his TikTok thing about Bud Light. 
And that spread all through, you know, countries, music stars hopped on board, bars were going to dump it all, people were shown buying it and then blowing it up, which that's my favorite. Like, let's go out and buy the beer we're going to boycott and show you how we're going to destroy it because you still gave the company money, by the way. But Tim, as you probably know, another ripple happened over the weekend. And now as of April 15th, uh, which was a Sunday article. The GOP quietly backs off attacking Bud Light, its own major donor. Oh, oh here we here we go. That. Because someone behind the scenes eventually picked up a phone and said, hey, whether you know it or not, we donate thousands of dollars to Republican candidates. And then Donald Trump Jr. got in, involved and said, hey, they're a good company, but they made a mistake. Let's not boycott them. And then guess who else jumped into the fray? Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> She's like, they're a good company, but... They made a mistake. So now everybody's, it's a circular firing squad. It's ridiculous. And the CEO actually came out with a statement. Um, sort of, I actually, I didn't mind the statement. I, a lot of people are taking it to task because he didn't defend the LGBTQ community, et cetera, et cetera. He basically just, if you could distill it down, he said, we make beer. We make a product that people have conversations and enjoy things around. We didn't get, we didn't do this to get involved in this kind of a thing. I just... In other words, fake outrage, right? Yeah, and it's easy to do now. I mean, that's yes. that's what a lot of people make mention to, that it's very easy now to be outraged about something. I, I love the Yahoo that was dumping out the bud, and then he was going to drink Jack Daniels until they found out that RuPaul's Drag Race did a promotion with Jack Daniels, so he had to throw all that away. <laughs> and um, Why bud? I mean, it's just... Well, I, you know, the... Howard Stern, um, you know, famed radio jock, um, he was going to, he said, I, I, I'd like to have Kid Rock and Travis Tritt and some of these people on the show mm -hmm. to talk to them about what, what are you all wound up about? Yeah. And if you watch the, if you watch the TikTok, which I did, cause I thought, okay, what did they do wrong here? Um, whether you believe someone is trans or not, it's a whole different issue. But in terms of what, um, Dylan Mulvaney did sat there celebrating the fact that she was, um, celebrating one year living as a as a woman and uh but it sent her these cans and had her picture on them and it was as innocent as that mm -hmm. and if you don't like it move on you know if you don't or if you don't particularly care for that that person you, you might not like a celebrity that endorses something and i always say this all the time with celebrity endorsements you never know there's a danger with influencers and celebrities because even though you may give them guardrails you don't know exactly what they might say or how something is interpreted. And so you have to be open to the fact that when you go into that arena, that you, you're opening yourself up for criticism and you have to be able to take it. Now, now there was lots of rumors that they said they fired the people at Anheuser-Busch. Which did not, not happen. Not the case. Um, some people said they lost all kinds of money. Not um, the case. Not the case. So um, I'm with you. A lot of these major, major corporations, as we've all discussed, on this show before they give money to both parties they give money to uh conservative politicians and they give money to liberal politicians their businesses and their corporations and they play both sides and it mm -hmm. becomes a very difficult thing for them when you're now the ceo and you have to say something and not piss off half the group right or the group you're trying to support yeah i it's and so i don't know what you know in, in those cases it's a difficult there's no no winners um in some of these things when you come out and say something because if the head of anheuser-busch came out and was overly supportive of lgbtq 
then that would have just wound them up even more. Um, the trans and LGBT community didn't think maybe he had gone far enough. So, so they're pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. So no it, winner. it's, yeah. And, and, um, you know, I thought to myself, if I were the VP of marketing, would I have done the campaign? I, my guess is they did it not thinking, and it would even be noticed, right? It was, again, you had to be a follower on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have seen it because I don't follow Dylan Mulvaney. No, but, and, and for those who did, yeah. And, and that's, if you're watching on YouTube, the picture I have up here, there was an article that spurred us to this conversation, which was as a result of this arc of boycott, you know, a number of Clydesdale events were canceled. You know, the yeah. famous Clydesdales, beautiful horses, go to a lot of different events with the Budweiser wagon. Well, we're not going to have them here. We don't want Bud Light. My bar is going to do it. Yeah. Here's, here's a classic one. In the vein of the, art, of the conversation you were having or the point you made about um, Howard Stern, Joe Rogan, you know, the Joe Rogan Experience right. podcaster. I'm not going to apologize for his views or I'm not going to let him off the hook for some of his anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. However, he did say something funny the other day, which I read an article about. He got on the air and he was the same way as Howard Stern. What's all this about? Imagine if um, Dylan Mulvaney was, you know, shilling cheesecake. Would you care? And the minute he said cheesecake, it, it totally takes it to a different realm. But he's right. Like, why, why do certain parts of our culture have ownership over things like the flag and beer and a parade or a pickup truck? I mean, right. if Dylan Mulvaney was, you know, shilling, as, he's, as Joe Rogan says, cheesecake, no one would have cared. No one would have cared. Yeah, but if you and put then, her in a Ford F-150, they're going crazy. Now you're going to trouble. Which brings us to this other thing. Another article I read over the weekend, which was very disappointing to me, was one of the heads of one of these far-right super PACs. You know, the, they're funded with a lot of money. They do a lot of research. He said they spent, after gay marriage was, was passed by the Supreme Court, many evangelicals and those on the far right were deflated by that victory. And so they began doing focus groups and studying the issue. And he said, we threw everything at the wall we could to figure out what sticks. And what pushed the buttons most for people post-COVID was um, drag, drag queen story hour and the trans community. And that's it, literally, this consultant says, that's what we told our candidates to begin pounding, you know, hitting, the, hitting that button. If you've ever wondered about this, that you are actually... Um, you know, the victim of an idiotic campaign for politics or for politicians to drum up the lowest value voter to get to the polls, you're not wrong. <laughs> so they couldn't do gay marriage anymore because over 68% of right. Americans and 54% of Republicans approve of gay marriage. So that's off the table for the time being. But we have, we found something else for you folks to yell at, <laughs> right? Well, I've been, I, I mentioned it before, but, you know, Bill Maher, had, the last two shows, he didn't have one at Easter, but if you listen to the one this weekend and the weekend before, he actually has pro and con uh, yeah. talking about the trans issues and um, with, the, with the different, you know, on his panel. And it was interesting. There was one woman this week. She's the lieutenant governor of Virginia. It's an African-American woman. Uh, well, she's actually Jamaican. And... Uh, she was all tuned up about the drag queen story hours and the kids getting lap dances. And Bill Marquardt said to her, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, how many poles are there? You know, pole dancing and in, in, in school libraries, you know, are there poles for them to dance? Like, this is not true. Oh no, it's true. It's true. You don't read enough. 
And he just looked, just his look on his face, he's looking at her and, and you know, kind of doing one of his looks, just said, you know, you just tell you're full of shit, lady. But, um, you know, they're convinced that there's lap dances and there's all kinds of other things going on that, uh, that are just taboo and wrong. And, um, you know, how are you going to change the minds? Well, you can't. You know why? Because right. they're low information voters. Not yeah. to be insulting, but if no, you're not going to exactly bother to right. check anything beyond a freaking Twitter post, which we yeah. know is a dumpster fire to start with, then I'm going to say you're low information. Yeah. I don't think I'm being horrible. <laughs> well, the next thing there, you know, this, the subset of this that they're going after again is, uh, is trans athletes. So yes. that'll be, that, that's, yes. that's uh, because now we're getting into the, the season of championships and uh, there's a number of trans athletes that are, are blowing records, uh, particularly in women's sports. And so that's going to rear its head again as well. So that's coming down the pike. So, so in other words, look forward. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to that. That's coming. So, yeah. So anyway, the boycott, I, I'm just, you know, I do know that there have been boycotts over the years. Remember people boycotted Coors Light because of their stance on LGBTQ or people boycotted, what was the, uh, the Barella pasta? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. I just don't think that those things ever hold. I don't know. Do, do we know one that's put anyone out of business? No, but they they get they garner media attention, which right. which captures the mind. So there you go. That's what it does. So so that's uh, that's that. So go uh, go buy your case of Bud Light. I don't drink the beer anyway. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> so to me, I, I I didn't have any skin in the game, but uh, I, I should be offended, I suppose. So. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Um, and thanks to our friends at Deep Discount, a sponsor of ours here on the Focus Group. And right now, there's the 100th anniversary for uh, Warner Brothers Studios taking place. And uh, you can find all kinds of great uh, films there during the sale to help own your passion at focusgroupradio.com. Click on the Deep Discount logo. This week, I picked a movie called Shortcuts. John picked two, Superman, with the original um, cast with Christopher Reeves. And a Reversal of Fortune, and the new release this week is Cocaine Bear. That's quite a collection there of movies. Yeah. <laughs> As you were saying it, I thought, that's an interesting collection. Okay. Right, so be sure, to, be sure to check that out. We hope everyone has a great week. Remember, as uh, we get into driving season more and more, don't, uh, don't text and drive. Arrive alive. Keep your eyes on the road. And uh, have a good week. We'll see you, uh, see you next Tuesday. Take care. See you next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Wink. Wink. (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) It's the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.